Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Thank you. Thank you. Bless your heaps. You can be seated. Great joy to be with you. See so many out when I've already seen so many out in the first service. And you can see that every silly, hairy-legged little demon should be cringing in terror. And then, um, so last year when I came to speak with the group midweek, I shared that God was going to open up a new era of conquest. And uh, when I asked Father what was it that I was to share today in particular, um, he said, he didn't say go get something new. He said, it is essential that everything I intend to do is done. Uh, And uh, there was such an emphasis on the word everything that I realized that most of us go through life, and I'm not talking about uh, the coasters, I'm talking about the frontline people. I'm talking about the the kingdom people. I've been at this for 53 years, I've been preaching now. And I, I look back and I know that some of the time, by God's sheer grace, we've achieved what God had in his heart to do. But there's many, many other times I can look back and say that we achieved 60% or 70% or 80% of what God intended us to do. And it's great and we celebrate it. But what was it that stopped the 100%? And so I want to address that this morning and tonight. Uh, And uh, I believe that God wants every single person in this uh, church as individuals uh, and to cry out from within, God, show me the greater potential that you've placed within me. Show me the the greater call that you've placed upon me. I'm grateful for what I have now. I'm celebrating what you have done. But God, show me the greater intention um, because God wants you to extend the borders of your anticipation. God wants to extend the borders of what you expect over these next few years as individuals and collectively. The church collective will never ever extend the kingdom of God beyond the individual living an empowered life. And so each one of you is critical to the outcome of the kingdom in this region. And so I want to say to you this morning that if God cannot live an empowered life through you as an individual, he will never ever extend the kingdom through this church corporately. And so there is a great deal of personal ownership this morning. Um, So crying out for the extension of borders. Um, Pastor John and Danielle, thank you so much for the privilege of being uh, here this morning. Uh, And and God has called, I said last year, to conquest, conquest, conquest. Uh, And and, uh, pushing the boundaries, pushing the extension. And as I was just in worship there even this morning, um, I felt the Lord drop a couple of things in. And Daniel, I feel that there's um, new doors, and don't, I won't put time on it, no one else put time on it. But, but I saw women of influence in the secular world. 
And I believe God's going to open doors for you to speak into women of influence in the secular world, uh, uh, principals of school, business people, politicians, uh, um, corporate um, people. Um, And I saw uh, the picture of Joseph, who had no training in commerce or industry whatsoever, and yet was able to uh, uh, create and carry out uh, an economic strategy for an entire nation. And I believe uh, uh, there's one thing, we're not limited to what we know. uh, It's a divine gift. It's a revelation of the Holy Spirit. Um, And I believe that God's going to open doors for you in that arena at some stage. And I'm only sharing the word now so that you'll be bold then. Okay? Uh, um, In Pastor John, I saw the words... um, uh, retreat, no, rescue, rescue center. There'll come a time, once again, I'm not putting timing on it, but there'll come a moment when God will use you to um, open the doors of a rescue center just one step before hell itself. It's like, uh, it's one more step and they're gone. Uh, and it's a last minute rescue of those who are destitute and about to depart. And I saw you choosing those that would staff it, and it was like a strange mixture because you were picking those who were uh, fearless and courageous and bold enough to be Holy Ghost Marines on the front line, and yet had this deep well of compassion and understanding on the inside. Uh, and so I just logged that in for some time whenever it happens. All right? Um, Father, we thank you, Lord, that as we gather here this morning, Lord, we, <laughs> we're so mindful that, oh, Father, this whole place is just pregnant right now with, with a divine call uh, to reap the harvest, to extend the kingdom, to penetrate society, and, Father, my God, to exalt the name of Jesus throughout this region, throughout this nation, and throughout the world. And so, Father, I pray that right Right now, uh, the, the, the world changes, sitting in these seats here this morning by the dozen, by the score. Father, will be awakened uh, to, to this morning to that which is the greater potential of their lives. Father, we give you alone the honor in Jesus' name. Um, I, I believe that over the years, um, I've identified uh, many things that have tried to stop the call of God, but... Uh, one in particular was a spirit of intimidation. And I believe that everybody in this building will have either or are now or will be uh, uh, attacked by the spirit of intimidation. That which whispers in your ear that you have to be more reasonable. That because of what happened last year, you can't do this. Or because of your upbringing, you're limited from doing that. Or, or because of your bank balance, you can't really step out and do that. Uh, um, something that whispers in your ear to tell you, you you've got to scale it back. You've got to scale it down. You've got to be more reasonable.
reasonable, be more logical. I'll never be like so-and-so because I know what I did last year. I know what my background is. I know what the limitations of my humanity are. That is the spirit of intimidation. My friend, you're either under divine rule or you're under self-rule. If you're under divine rule and you're under the lordship of Christ, not just his savior, not just healer, not just provider, but if you are under the lordship of Christ, then you carry his authority upon you and anything God Almighty asks you to do, you can do. And you need to register that in your spirit. But you see, if we're either here this morning under the lordship of Christ or under self-rule, and you say, that's a bit harsh, self-rule, I do not mean by that. I mean, an expression of self-rule would be things like arrogance or pride and all those things. But I'll tell you something much more subtle, and that is things like anxiety. I'm talking about uh, intimidation that that tells you that because of who you are, you can't do what God calls you to do. If when God calls you and God speaks to you and God puts a dream inside of you, if the very first thing that comes to your mind is, but what about this? That's self-rule. And friends, we've got to deal with that. I am not limited to my humanity. If I was limited to my humanity, I'd be in a pine box. 22 years ago, they told me that all of my major arteries and most of my subsidiary arteries were multiply blocked and they could do nothing for me medically and take what's left of my miserably short little life and sit in a corner. Well, do I look dead to you? The fact of the matter is I've had the best 22 years of my life since then. But I've, at the time that they declared that over me, I'm telling you that was intimidating. But I had to go to my father and say, what do you say about this? You must not allow intimidation to rule. And he will always try. But you have to understand that it's a spiritual battle. Ephesians 6, 12 says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities of powers, spiritual forces. And intimidation is not logical. Intimidation is not reasonable. And you take a look at the story of Elijah in 1 Kings 18, 19. That, that man had just defeated, a, he'd confronted a king that hated him, surrounded by his soldiers. He couldn't care less. They prevented, they, uh, 450 prophets came against him uh, with all the demon spirits of hell uh, uh, empowering them. And what did he do? He hacked off their heads. The man pulled fire out of heaven, consumed the altar, confronted kings, defeated armies. There's nothing that could stop that man. And yet, and yet, one word from a lady called Jezebel. Just one word, I'm going to come after you. And he runs for his life and hides in a cave. Are you kidding? This man, nothing could intimidate this man. But in a moment, that's not reasonable. If you, can, if you, got, if you have got the courage to face down kings and armies, but one whispered word from a lady miles away can get you scurrying for your life. That's not logical and reasonable. That's a spiritual force. That's a spiritual force. Intimidation is a spiritual force. 
But that's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. You say, why? What's, what's good about it? Because my Bible tells me I have absolute dominion and authority in the realm of the Spirit. That's why. Because if it's a natural force, then you have to rely upon natural things to deal with it. But it's a spiritual force, and my Father has placed the authority of Jesus Christ on my life and yours, and therefore intimidation is a defeated foe. You see, what's the objective of intimidation? Oh, disobedience. Uh, Just just not following through with what God said to do. It can attack us as individuals, as, uh, as marriage, family, business, work of the kingdom. It's, it's just that stepping back from the ultimate of what God really put in your heart to do. And I've, I've got a book, and I'm not trying to sell it to you so much because I don't have any copies here. But if you go to the website, you can get it for next to nothing on an e-book. But it's called You Did What? And it's full of, of 50 years of stories where my God asked us to do something that was utterly, insanely impossible. But my father loves that. Hey, if you're going to spend the rest of your life limited to what you can do, you're going to miss the whole ball game. He doesn't want to ask you to do something you can do. He wants to ask you to do something you can't do. Because then if you can't do it, you need a miracle. So many, oh, this is coming out so much different than the first service. But the fact of the matter is, how many people here would like to walk on water? Oh, come on, you bunch of chickens. How many? Right. That's not the question. The real question is how many want to get out of the boat? Because us Irish are smart. We got it figured. You can't walk on the water while you're still in the boat. But everybody wants to. Everybody wants a miraculous testimony of how the most extraordinary thing took place. But nobody wants to put themselves in a position where the miracle's necessary. Intimidation will always get you to shrink back to what you think you can handle. I have no idea where I'm up to. Glory. You see, Satan knows that if he can't intimidate you, he cannot defeat you. Why? Because he's got no legal authority to. There's not, a, there's not a demon in the forces of hell that has a legal authority to rule over you. Anxiety has no authority to rule over you. Fear has no authority to rule over you. Intimidation has no, it has no authority. But it has the power of illusion. It has the power of suggestion. And if you believe the lie, you'll live for the rest of your life subject to the lie. And we need to break the power of intimidation once and for all. Psalm 18. Psalm 18, verse 39 and 40. For you have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me, or literally in the original, you have put under my feet. You've subdued under my feet those who rose up against me. You've also given me the necks of my enemies so that I destroyed those who hated me. And friends, would you have to understand that this was referring to a well-known custom of the day. 
Everybody that read that psalm when the psalmist originally said it knew exactly what he was referring to because the custom was that if an army was invading your nation and you would rise up against that invader and overcome him, so you actually defeated the one that was invading your land, what you would do would you take the general, the king of that invading army that you've just uh, defeated, and you'd take him up to a high place so that everybody could see. And then you would force him to bend forward on his knees and put his forehead in the dust and expose the back of his neck. And then the conquering king or general would lift up his foot and ceremoniously bring it down on the neck of his enemy. And a great roar would go up from the camp because they knew exactly what that meant. Not only had he defeated the king and his army, but now, listen to me, Everything that was previously under his jurisdiction was now under the jurisdiction of the one that had conquered him. And so all of his land, all of his property, all of his armies, all of his wealth, now it all belonged to the one whose foot was on the back of his neck. And that's what the psalmist here is declaring. And so, friends, we need to put our foot on the neck of our enemies, can you say amen? Oh, you see, intimidation simply wants to paralyze you from making the right decision at the right time. And it's that moment of hesitation it's that moment of consideration. It's the moment where logic and reason and the dollars in the bank balance start weighing in upon the decision that God already has made for you. And so intimidation will simply try to make it more reasonable. It's, power, it's a paralysis of decision in a moment which could have been so decisive. Now, it normally strikes when a person is going from being uh, at this level of effectiveness and going to a new level. And I'm conscious that this church is, is, has already accomplished so much, don't get me wrong, but, but a sense like over the next three years, there's going to come shifting of cogs and wheels so that it's like an empowerment. It's like the sheepfold becomes an army barracks, and I can see people on the front line that previously had not been, and I'm telling you there's coming an explosion of souls into the kingdom of God. And I believe that with all of my heart and so intimidation will try to prevent that any way that they can in Joshua chapter 10 no yeah Joshua 10 what you have there is uh, and I'm going to paraphrase for time's sake but Joshua is going from being um, uh, the one that came in at, to possess the land had already crossed Jordan, already conquered Jericho, and that was very intimidating. But he asked God, and God visited him, and I'm talking more about that tonight. Tonight, I believe, is going to be very supernaturally empowering, okay? The, the, the a supernatural encounter that will empower you for your conquest tomorrow. Um, but um, so Joshua's already done that. He's come across there, but suddenly... 
Intimidation is coming to, against him for the second time. And five kings are arrayed against those that he loves. And so he, he's standing with them, but he's intimidated because there's five kings and five armies and five nations standing against him. He's outnumbered five to one. And yet God gives him this glorious victory because he refuses to bow to intimidation. He refuses to bow to reason. And he says, my God delivered Jericho to me. My God delivered Ai to me. And my God will deliver these five kings to me. And so we find the outcome of the story is that he defeats them utterly, supernaturally. And then he takes these five kings, and I'm paraphrasing, I've got all the scriptures there, but he takes these five kings and he takes them into a high place and he's keeping the custom of the day. But then, then he does something different. Then he breaks all protocol. He breaks the custom of the day entirely. He does something that nobody had ever done before and because it wasn't the custom. And why? Because Joshua, Joshua was a prophetic type of Jesus. The word Joshua in the Hebrew is the same word as Jesus in the Greek. And that wasn't just by chance. That was God knowing that this man and the mantle that was on this man and the conquest and the taking of nations and the authority under Christ, all of that was embodied in the spirit of this man. And so when it came to defeating these kings, he's about to go and do what the custom demands of him. And he stops and he steps back and he says, calls to the captains, his disciples, and he says, no, you come, you come, you put your foot on the neck of these enemies. And his captains all line up. It never happened this way before. And the captains laid their feet on the neck of their enemies. And so what was he saying? He was saying quite clearly, he was making a declaration to all the nations that surrounded him. You come against me. You come against the kingdom of God. You come against these who are my disciples. I'll tell you what will happen. You'll eat dust and you'll hang on a tree. And he, and he hung on a tree for until evening time. Why? Because he was making a very loud declaration. And I want to ask you, what kind of a declaration are you making? Every moment you're breathing, every hour that you're alive, you are making a declaration to the forces of hell. I love my father and I love the people of God, but I hate them hairy-legged little deceiver. I, and we have this idea, oh, I've got to be careful for time's sake, but you know, I, 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 certain things get up my nose like razor blades. And one of them is when someone says to me, oh, the devil gave me a hard time this week. I, and I thought to myself, wait a minute, are you kidding? The devil is not omnipresent. So with Calcutta and New York to think about, what do you think? Do you really think he's got time to come knocking on your door? Be real, for goodness sakes. So when you say the devil gave me a hard time, what are you actually saying? Just saying some little low ranked hairy-legged little demon who's scared spitless 
if you if he, he knows that if you ever find out who you really are, they're gonna kick him to pieces. You have the demons of hell are not the slightest bit confused. They know you're a son of God. They know you're a daughter of God. But they're scared out of their minds that one day you might believe that. You, if the authority you're under determines the authority you carry. And if you're living a life under divine command, if you're living a life that is under the authority of the risen Christ, then my Bible says you carry his authority on your life. You're not going up against the demons of hell with your authority. You're going up against them with his authority. And he is indisputed. Oh, my friends, today, now, not next week, not when it's more convenient, now, now's the time to say the rest of my life is going to be under the lordship of Christ, is going to be under the dominion of the king, and I'm not going to allow intimidation to shove me around one more day of my life. I will not submit to the bank balance. I will not submit to yesterday's failure. I will not submit to my hereditary background. I will not submit to what people said about me and the limitations that they imposed upon me. I will not submit to yesterday's addiction. I will not submit. I don't have to. The doctors have written me off the planet now, what, four, five times? First of all, it was all my arteries. Well, that didn't come to anything. So intimidation thought, well, we better have another go. So then they found out the four of my discs were out my back and one was encroaching on the spinal column. So obviously, you can't travel, you can't do anything, and whatever you do, don't get excited. <laughs> Sit in a rocking chair. So what do you do in a situation like that? Oh, I go to my father. And I say, Father, what, you got a word on this? You got something to say about this? And he always does. Intimidation will never stop. But he's a toothless wonder when you realize who you are. And I believe I was sent here this morning for one thing, to break his power once and for all in your life as an individual. It'll never be reasonable. It's not supposed to be. And I want you to take a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil or whatever you've got to write with. Um, I believe that they have stuff there, huh? on your seats or something like that. And here's what I want you to do. And oh, please, my friends, I want you to do it. And, and I want you to write down on that piece of paper, oh, I, this is a moment. This is not just something we're doing in church. 
This is a spiritual thing that I believe God put on the calendars of heaven. I believe this is a moment in time when God is speaking to you as an individual and saying, I've got so much for you. I have got horizons for you. You don't have to live that limited, restricted, reasonable life any longer. You're called to live a supernatural life. My friends, please, please focus on me for a second. We are all called to be a supernatural people, living a a supernatural life, representing a supernatural Christ. You are not called to live a normal life. And you need to take hold of that one thing that tries to rob you, that memory, that bank balance, whatever it is. What is it that comes to your mind to intimidate you from being that warrior of faith that you really are, that son, that daughter that you really are? and write it down on that piece of paper. It might be finances, it might be heritage, it might be the accusations of others, it might be yesterday's failure. Uh, whatever it is that Satan uses against you to say you really can't be that, we'll write it down on that piece of paper right now. And then we're gonna get stomp on it, just like they put their necks on the back of the, those kings this morning, we're going to stomp him into the ground where he belongs. It's just a, you say, well, that's kind of theatrical. That's such a natural. I'm telling you what, natural things declare spiritual things. You are, when you do it this morning, you are declaring into the spirit world. You are declaring into the cosmos that you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You're clothed in his authority and dominion. You are making a declaration to every hairy-legged demon on the south coast that you will not submit. You will be a part of this new era of conquest that's on the life of this church. And so I want us to stand. Take your take a, take a piece of paper and put up, that, put up that confession, if you would. Put up that uh, end time confession, the last PowerPoint confession. Okay. I want you to take a look at this. I'll read it through just once so you get the words right, because then when I count of three, we're all going to declare it. Oh, you're not going to say it politely. You're going to declare it from everything within you. I've heard what people like you will like at AFL matches and stuff. I, I, I want the spirit world to rock solid when you, you declare this. And then I want you to take that piece of paper and fling it on the floor and stomp all over it. And that's the last you're ever going to hear from that one in particular. My God rules. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, under whose authority I stand, I now enforce that rule. I reject the spirit of intimidation. It is written, I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Okay, let's make the declaration. One, two, three. My God rules. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, under whose authority I stand, I now enforce that rule. I reject the spirit of intimidation. It is written, I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Okay, now stomp on him. Come on, stomp on him. Stomp on him.
and raise your heart and raise your heart raise your hands and your heart celebrate celebrate the king celebrate the king thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord oh you're a great and mighty and powerful Jesus, you're amazing. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray right now, Father, for every single person in this building, every married couple, every single person, every child, every teenager. My God, that, Father, when they awake tomorrow morning, they will be overwhelmed with your love as their father. My God, that their eyes will be open to a new level to see themselves as your sons and your daughters. My God, fill them with a Holy Ghost of boldness, Holy Spirit initiatives, dreams, oh God, of the impossible. Father, fill them with such anticipation of the miraculous. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.